Hello and welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. All right, let's pray. Who's ready for the word today? Amen. Somebody say word if you're ready. There we go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can just come right to you. We thank you, God, that you're around us, you're with us. God, we thank you that we don't have to necessarily, uh, Lord, run around like crazy to find you, Lord, although it feels like that sometimes. We thank you that you're always so near. Lord, your word tells us that as we call upon your name, you draw near to us as we draw near to you. And God, we've been studying the word in prayer. We've been studying the word to understand what it means that it would be a, Lord, a a two-edged sword that could pierce through anything, God, to grow us, challenge us, stretch us. And so, Father, right now, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we ask you that you would open our ears, our minds, our hearts. Lord, your word is so powerful. We need it, Lord. Father, so many people wonder why prayer is so important. God, if I don't talk with you, if I don't communicate with you, then what relationship do I have, Father? And so we call upon you today, not out of rituals, God. We call upon you, Lord, because we love you. We thank you that you first loved us even before we loved you. I thank you today that there's many who even sit in this room that don't have a personal relationship with you, that don't know you the way many of us know you. And I pray, God, even in this moment right now, you would be so real, Lord. The Holy Spirit would just move and breathe and already has been breathing and moving. And we just thank you, God, so much for what you've done, for what you're going to do and where you've been, and all the things you show us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you weren't here with us last week, uh, the message uh, was titled, You Need a New Container. And the reason why we talked about that, we, one of the biblical references of, of old wine and old wineskins and new wine and new wineskins and what it looks like when new wine goes in an old wineskin and it causes it to burst because it cannot contain the newness. It cannot contain the richness that in the fermentation process, what happens as it begins to stretch the old wineskin, it explodes it because it just doesn't have enough elasticity to contain what is being poured in as new. Can I get an amen somewhere? And God is wanting to stretch you. He's wanting to pour new inside of you, but you have to understand he doesn't desire that you burst in the process. He desires that you put a new container in front of him, that which will be able to hold what he now wants to pour out. And that is the essence of a new season. That is the essence of a new challenge. That is the essence of what will be in Jesus' name. And for many of us, that's going to cause us to think differently. It's going to cause us to pray differently. It's going to cause us to act differently. And I want to pick up where we left off last week in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Somebody say strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Could you imagine if we lived like that? Looking at the things that oppose Christ And instead of getting angry in some weird, opinionated sense, we actually got down on our knees and did something about it. Come on. You see, when we tweet it out, when we put it up on Instagram, the world can see it, but it doesn't mean it changes them. You see, sometimes we don't realize that our opinions become lost in the the world of knowledge, in the world of voice. But the greatest thing that shows people, Jesus said it as simple as this, you will know by my disciples by their fruit. 
He says, you'll recognize me in them and through them and from them. You'll recognize what happens as a result of them encountering me. You won't have to wonder and, and, and sit here and, and, and ponder on, on how this could happen to me. No, no, no. You'll know that it was by my spirit they've been set free. What's different about me is that God invaded my life just like he's invaded yours, amen? And so it says it this way, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen to me, some of you spend way too much of your week defending God. He's got the best lawyers, he's good. I mean it. You spend so much of your time defending God. Listen, the way he defended you was to die for you. He went up on that cross and he bore your sin. I love it the way uh, um, Bishop T.D. Jake said it this way. He said, you know, when God looks at you, he said he, he, he sees Jesus. Come on. He sees that whole person. He sees what you don't yet see. He said, but you know what? You remember when Jesus was on the cross and he said, he was saying this in his sermon. He said, you know, when Jesus said, Lord, why, why have you forsaken me? That empty moment that we read most often on the cross, amen? And he says that, he says, you have to understand that, that the Lord looks down and he sees our sin on Jesus. And we don't realize that he bore our sin. He bore our mistakes. He bore everything that you and I would walk through and talk through and experience so that we could have eternal life with him in Jesus' name. You have to understand there was no way till he made a way. There was no way, there was no bridge, there was no conversation, there was only maybes and, 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 and how-tos and, and all these five-step processes to understanding God. He said, I'm tired of not having relationship with my children. This fallen world will not separate me, so here's my son. You see, a lot of us, we don't like to hear this because, you know, we don't want to sacrifice something to have something. We just want to have something. Can I get an amen? That's the transparent amen. <laughs> I just want it. I want more. I want to have more. But we don't want to pay the price to have what we want. More importantly, we don't want to pay the price for what we haven't yet seen. And I think that's a struggle because that's the exact definition of faith, right? Because if faith is what is not seen, then we're going to struggle with this idea of walking with Jesus. And now what happens, and I, I want to walk you into this because this is something the disciples struggled with mightily. There was these, the, the miracles were happening. People were, were doing just amazing things as Jesus walked, right? But from the moment he went up to heaven, the struggle to build what we know is the Christian church was extremely horrifying for many people. We don't understand that as we start to read into the book of Acts and we start to understand this idea that people were spreading the gospel at the expense of their life and their family. We think it was this on-fire moment that we came back from a youth retreat or a women's conference or a men's conference and, oh, Jesus, right? You kind of had that. Who's done that before, right? Jesus, right? You know, and you're just like, what about him? You look crazy, you know? We, 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 we think it, it was this, these moments. No, no, no. That's not what was happening in the book of Acts. They were more like, do, do you know Jesus? This fear and trembling, this respect this moment that they didn't know in any bit of time that those they were running with, that those they were asking with were being imprisoned for the words they would say. And you see, we take for granted this day, and I just want to encourage you, you are hiding the most beautiful gift that could ever be given to you in Jesus Christ if you do not let the world see how beautiful he is to you. You know, a lot of people, opinion scares people. Your opinion scares me. I'm sure my opinion scares you sometimes. 
But I'll tell you what, as you start to dive in and you start to understand this world and you hear so many people trying this and walking down this and and experiencing here and looking here, you, you see all these things. I just ask you at some point, why not tell them about Jesus? What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose to stop somebody in their tracks and just say, listen, I know this could be seen as rude or even awkward, but I just want to tell you, I've noticed for a few weeks you've been really hurting and you just seem out of it. You don't seem like yourself. You know, I want to tell you that I went through a time like this and, and, and when, I, when I just prayed and, and, I, and I asked the Lord to meet me in this place, this overwhelming sense of peace came on me. I would love to talk with you about it. I'd love to pray with you about it. I'd love to be bold and just share with you how his story has changed my story for eternity. Come on. Come on, somebody's got to start getting bold and wanting people to know more about Jesus. He's alive. He's risen and seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's entrusted you and I that we would go into all the world and we would tell people about our experiences with him. That they would have a hope because of this. That they would not struggle anymore in their struggle because of who they're struggling with. Come on now. I want to talk to you today about the authority of Christ. Acts 19 They said it this way, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, he said, did you receive the Holy, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not yet heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Somebody say repentance. He told the people to believe in the, in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. I want to take you there because I know the Lord told me you're ready for this. There are some of you that think the Holy Spirit is weird. There are some of you that think that the gifts of the Spirit are awkward, weird, and almost even you think maybe respectfully out of place at times. And I want to encourage you, sometimes you're very right. Because we often misrepresent the Holy Spirit. Come on now. But I want to talk to you about this because I feel like the disciples struggled with this. The people around what was happening as the Holy Spirit came upon them, they didn't have good explanations. And I want you to have a good explanation. I want you to begin to grasp that the Holy Spirit is not weird. He is powerful. And he anoints you to bring the gospel to people. And there are times where he disperses to you gifts that will allow you to communicate on behalf of the Holy Spirit to somebody in a way that speaks directly to their soul. Now this is important. Because some of you have been in places where the gifts have been used and abused. Where words of knowledge have been too recently noted to opinion instead of God's word. You see, if it doesn't line up with the word, it's not a word. And I need you to grab that because some of you in your baby walk in Christ, no matter what age you are, there are words that you've been given that confuse the junk out of you. Pastor Nick, what does this mean? This actually scared me. Well, my Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit, right, does not give me a spirit of fear. So go ahead and push that back. And ask somebody else to step up and share. As a matter of fact, go ahead and tell everybody, thank you for their opinion. I'm going to go talk to him myself. 
You see, this is so important that we begin to understand the authority that we've been given, what happens in the difference between water baptism and the power and the, the, literally the disbursement of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, that moment that you began to think differently was the moment the Holy Spirit came into you and opened your eyes to that which you had not previously seen or experienced or understood. That is the Holy Spirit. And in his working, I want you to do me a favor. Please don't shut off the rest of the New Testament and the gifts of the Spirit just because they weird you out. I promise you, even going to one of the most common things, right? Many people are like, listen, what's this speaking in tongues? I speak Spanish. I speak English. I speak all, all these languages. What does that mean? No, no, listen to me. Listen to me. I've watched a 12-year-old, 13-year-old young lady for three and a half hours. I sat in the back of a room in a camp in Arizona and watched her praying to God in tongues for about three and a half hours. You explain it to me. What was that? Was she faking it? Was she doing it? She, she didn't know nothing about speaking in tongues. But she was praying to God for over three hours in a sanctuary amongst other teenagers. So I promise you she wasn't showing off. I'm pretty sure she got made fun of at some point, I'm sure. Come on, somebody. You see, you can't let what you don't understand weird you out when you haven't even gone and taken it to test. You also need to make sure that just because you have not been given that gift yet, because the Bible says you should pursue them all. Now, why is that so important? It's just like when you get presents under your tree at Christmas. Don't be looking under someone else's tree. Appreciate what's under yours. Because if you needed it, he'd give it to you. And if you really need it, go get it from him. He's not a father who will hide his gifts from you. Come on now, somebody. For the gifts of the Spirit lead to the fruit of the Spirit. When the gifts of the Spirit are present, real things happen. And let me tell you something. I'm tired of talking to people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and then tell me they used to pray for people and they got healed. I'm, I'm being real. I'm being respectful, but I'm being real. Ain't nobody done with ministry until we're face-to-face -face with God. You see, the reason why many of you experience miracles in your 18s and your 19s and your 20s and 30s is because you still had that childlike faith. Come on now. You were still silly enough to believe what you thought was a kid's story, but it really was reality. Come on. You got, you got grown, and your mind led you somewhere else. But yet there's generations pushing back at us and saying, but you told me he was greater than this. You told me he was better than this. You told me I could conquer all things in Christ who strengthens me. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, what does that mean for me? You see, if we stop chasing the gospel, if we stop chasing the Holy Spirit, the generations to come will only be left with theology. They will not have the theophany. They will not have those face-to-face -face moments with God that you had because they won't know how to go find it unless somebody leads them. You see, I want to talk to you about authority in Christ today because for many of you, there's two people and maybe even three different or four different kinds of people in the room today depending on where you're in your journey. Whether you're the person who you're just sitting here, you're like, man, I just came to this church to check it out. This guy's talking about speaking in tongues on day one. I'm out. Listen, I promise you, <laughs> if I was afraid to be honest and if I, was afraid, if I was afraid to tell you how great God is, you shouldn't want to be here either. The reality of the gospel is this, that Jesus came and he died so that you can be free for eternity. But the reality of the gospel is it doesn't stop there. 
You see, you can sit in this pew and I can tell you how cool Jesus is and how great you're gonna feel and what's gonna happen as he leads you and these cool, fun, warm little things or I can be a good coach and I can kick you in the butt a little bit and I can say, hey, listen, there's more to this than you signed up for, go get it. I can tell you that where you are right now is not where you should be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, okay? I don't want you to be that person who's sitting right here and you're like, man, look at all those people doing all that ministry. I've been in church 25 years. Look at, look at them, look at them. You're like, no, 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 go join them. Go do. Why? Not because the church said so. Not because it's a cool marketing scheme, but because you were commissioned by God to go into all the world and tell people how great he is. That's why you should get up. That's why you should be in the game. That's why you should rid yourself of that which separates you from God. Not because it makes you a cool Christian, but because it stops you from experiencing God in the way that you need to. Sin separates. And what Paul was trying to get the people here to understand, because you got to remember Paul was the murderer. He was the crazy guy killing Christians, but now he transitioned in this life-changing moment to loving God, and people are weirded out. How could you go from this way to this way? He was wrecked by God. Paul was one of our greatest examples of what happens when the Holy Spirit is allowed to invade your life. Everything changes. And I mean everything. You can't look at things the same, listen to things the same, see things the same. Every bit of how you think and talk, it has to change because where there is lightness, darkness cannot exist. And I want to tell you because I can sense even as I pray this week the battle that was going on for this message. I was telling some of my staff earlier, I, I could sense as I pray and in this season God's just been giving me things and I've been writing them and writing them and writing them. And this week it was like, hey, it's Tuesday. Hey, it's Thursday, big guy. What, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got? Hey. Been seeking you for a few hours. Um, if you're out to lunch, could you let me know? <laughs> and he said to me, you don't understand the war that goes on for my children to hear my message. <sighs> you see, I think a lot of us, we don't realize that this just isn't a game walking with Christ. That we don't battle against physical people, we war against the spirit. And so as we try to go ahead and get what God has, there's an adversary in the way. And he tries to put himself so free and clear right in front of what is supposed to be. And God, with his due intention, yes, obviously, he can just go and move that. But, you know, sometimes he allows these moments for us to stop and pause and say, God, why haven't you given me the message? And he's saying, how come you won't just keep asking? Just keep asking. Just keep seeking. Just keep knocking. And what will happen? Come on, somebody give me Bible here. And the door will open. Come on, ask, seek, knock. We're talking Bible today. I don't know if you're with me this morning, but we're talking about the Bible. When you ask and you seek and you knock and the door shall be open. It's so important in verse four, he says it this way. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Skip down with me. I'm gonna go back to 1 Corinthians 12 in a moment. But Excuse me, skip down with me to Acts 19, uh, verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. 
Listen, I don't know how many times you've read the Bible. I feel like I've read the Bible a lot. But every time I read about handkerchiefs healing people, I'm like, man, you imagine being someone who doesn't know Jesus reading about handkerchiefs healing people? That's like a scary kid's book, right? Like, I don't even know how you'd put that on a page for a kid to understand, right? But the handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. I go back and I remember the moment in the Gospels where it says that what? The woman with the issue of blood, what did she do? She touched the hem of his garment. Come on, somebody. Read your word. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you, you don't understand that where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. It don't matter if it's in a handkerchief, it's at the tip of your hand or at the moment of your prayer. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he is ready and ready to move. And you just got to get out of the way and let him do it today in Jesus' name. Whew. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits. This is when it gets real. Somebody say real. They tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. I think my Bible says to be careful that God would not be mocked. Do I remember that somewhere? Okay, let's pause there and keep going. Okay. They would say in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. The seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus, I know. <laughs> Come on now. This is when it gets real. Somebody say real. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? That's the uh-oh moment. That's when the seven-foot guy weighing 280 pounds, and you thought you were all big, and you turned around, you were talking all that junk, and you went, and you are. It's that kind of moment right here. <laughs> the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them, this is not my words, please read your Bible. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Somebody say real. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. To give you perspective, it was 50,000 days of work. Calculate that out. 50,000 days of work. A drachma was about one, it was a silver coin, which equaled about one day of work. That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. Verse 19, a number who had, uh, who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the values of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy, Erastus, and Macedonia, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. <clears throat> I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's often not until your anointing is made public that you will be attacked. And the reason I just planted that in the message and didn't go further on it, 
just what I felt to do in the moment, and now I feel led to expand on that for you a little bit. Although many of us, all of us, are called to bring the gospel to the nations, we have to understand that the game of that 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 the the responsibility, excuse me, the responsibility of being a Christian is not a game. And what I mean by that is there are those of you who you reach that point where Christianity got a little weird for you, where, where things just weren't clear enough, where, where you couldn't find enough answers, where the power, presence, gifts, and authority of the Holy Spirit just became a little like, man, you know, I, I kind of like this moment where you, you get up there and you, you thought it was going to be just a five-foot-something person about your size, and, you know, I can take this giant and that. You didn't think Goliath was going to be on the other side of this calling on your life. And when you stepped up and into that part where you are anointed and are anointed to be, you cowered to the giants instead of slaying it. But I need you to hear the good news today. God's not done. God's not done with those of you who are too scared to get up and do it. For those of you who have said, God, I'm not doing it. No, no, no. Listen, he's here in every moment of every day. He's saying, are you ready? Are you willing? Will you do as David did? And now walk this out with me, right? Will you understand that you've got to close the gate to the sheep's pen before you go out to battle? You've got to take care of home, your first responsibility before you go out. If you take care of that, then I'm going to ask you to go deliver the food to the people on the front line. When you give them what they need, that's that food, then when you look up, I'm going to do, do me a favor. While you're out there, go slay that fool. Go ahead and knock him down because Goliath don't stand a chance against God. You see, we miss these steps in life where God just asked us first to learn how to shut the, shut the gate to the sheep's pen because David was a shepherd boy. He cared for the sheeps. Some of us, we can't, even get the, we can't even keep the gate closed. And so my challenge to some of you is shut the gate. Start shutting the gate every single day. Number two, when you then go to take that next step, do what God tells you to do because in obedience, other opportunities will come. You see, David just said, listen, my brothers are hungry. I'll take food, Dad. And he goes and he takes the food out to them. And in the moment of obedience, another opportunity presents itself. And he said, wait a minute. I thought we were Christians. Why are you all running from this fool? My word tells me that nothing can stand against my God. Give me something. Give me a rock. Here we go. You ready? Stay over there. <laughs> you ready? I ask you today because as you ask God for a new container, what we spoke about last week, I want you to understand that he's going to go ahead and begin to fill that new container. But you've got to go ahead and begin as, as the fermentation process happens that's described in the Bible, how the new wine begins to ferment and it begins to expand the wine skin. As your container begins to expand, you've got to learn what to do with it once it's in there. And I got to talk to you about this because I don't want you to be weirded out by the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to read, and, and I'm going to read it for you this morning, right? I don't want you to read 1 Corinthians 12 and just dismiss it. It says it this way. There are different kinds. Start with me in chapter 12, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in every one, it is the same God at work. Different gifts, different purposes. What's the last one? Same God. Different gifts, different purposes, same God. Read on with me this morning. Verse 7. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for who? That's for everyone, the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still, the interpretation of tongues. All these, excuse me, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he what? Come on now. It's right here for us. Please don't come up after service and ask me why you don't have a gift. Go talk to the one who gives it to you. You want a Bible, a pen? There's even a bottle of water under my seat. (laughs) You can take that. But to the one who distributes, you must ask. And see, the power of prayer, and worship team, if you can join me, the power of prayer is the coming into agreement together about what we know God is trying and wanting to do in our lives. You see, that's power. The ability for us to stand together, to look at one another, and to say, hey, hey, I know God's doing that thing in you right now, but I'm with you. I am, I'm with you, right? I, I, I know God is, is it, 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 there's something he's doing. Listen, I want you to know, I just feel it, I sense it, I, I, I see it in you. I, let's pray and ask for the will of God to be with you to and through in Jesus' name. Church, the Holy Spirit is your life source. Paul wanted to make sure that people understood that yes, as you came to know the person of Jesus Christ, listen, right through these two double doors back here and behind this wood wall is a baptism. We're going to do one right after Easter. And if you've never been water baptized, we encourage you and we, we want you to do it in the worst way. And we'll talk about that and I'll teach on that more another day. But as he continued, he said, listen, that's great. I'm so happy you recognize who Jesus is. Now I want you to experience him like you never have before. Come on. I want you to, I want you to understand him like this. I'm telling you, for those of you who are in here today and you're looking for a church that's going to make you warm and fuzzy, I promise you it's not this one. And I don't say that to be rude. I say it as in a good friend is going to tell you the truth. And the truth is this. Just telling you that Jesus is cool is not enough. You've got to know why he really came and died for you you got to know that there is the power in the Holy Spirit that when you encounter him in that way, your life is changed. And not just changed because you get to be like, well, I've got this gift and this gift and I've got this gift. No, 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 no. It's for who? The common good, right? It's so that when you go into this world and there's some big bad demon running around this world trying to, 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 to flex his muscles, right? You get to look and you say, listen, I'm sorry. My Bible tells me that where darkness is, that where light is, darkness can't exist. And so listen, one of us got to go and I promise you it's you. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so it's okay. You do what you do in your house. That's fine. But in my house, just like my body is a temple of the Lord, so will be my home. Some of you need to go ahead and anoint the doorposts in your home. Why? The anointing is a marker, is the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit, right? It is a symbolic gesture of just saying, God, listen, 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 I know that this just stained the wood that I did. I get it, right? 
but I promise, I know, I'm going to put on the backside so nobody sees it, right? No. I know that the anointing is powerful. And in a moment of visual understanding, I anoint, in Jesus' name, the doorpost of my house, this front door. And I thank you that no matter who walks in my house, no devil, no demon, no flesh can take over what is established here. It's the authority of Christ. The authority of Christ in your life. Now listen to me. As you find this, I'm telling you, as you find this new place in Christ, I want to encourage you. Do me a favor. Just like you're getting to listen a little bit today and talk back with me, tell other people about Jesus. But don't stop at who he is. Tell him like you sang in this song, that is who you are. Listen, listen, let me tell you my story. And just be so proud, not about who you were, but about who he's made you, about where he's taken you. You see, the beauty and ashes portion of scripture is letting God come into that place that was just ugly, it wasn't fun to think about or look at. And it's that moment when you learn to look at it differently. I got to say that again because I don't think you got it. When God says he's making something beautiful, what you don't realize is he's going into that place. The things that you see as ugly, the things that you see that, that are irrelevant, he's going into those places and he's starting to open your eyes to then show you how he sees your circumstance. He wants you to see it the way he sees it. And I promise you with your natural eyes, you cannot see the things of God. You have to begin to pray and learn. Listen, I heard somebody even joke this week about prayer, and I didn't even say nothing because I'm like, it actually took the opposite when I heard someone joke about prayer in a public place. I just said, man, Lord, how can I show them that prayer actually matters? That it's not this religious, ritualistic thing that we do because we have to, but it's this burning desire that I wish I could spend all day doing it. And I know it's hard for me to tell you how great and why I would want to pray that long, but there's this part of me that when I go and pray and when I communicate with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, he pours himself out to me like I've never experienced before. And I start to look at things differently. I'm able to forgive people that most people aren't able to forgive. I'm able to walk into and through a season that most people weren't prepared for, but because I listened, God prepared me. Come on now. Would you stand with me today? That is who you are. I'm just going to close us in prayer this morning. Would you just bow your heads with me? I'm going to ask those who our pastors and leaders to come forward and just be up here present to pray with anybody who needs prayer this morning. Let's pray together, church. Jesus, even when I don't see it, you're working, God. Lord, I just pray right now, if there's somebody in this church that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, that right now they would literally just give their heart to you. That as your word says, that they would confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are God, they shall be saved and start this amazing relationship with you right now, God. If that's you in here, just raise your hand if that's you. 
I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. If that's you, if you don't have a personal relationship, just slide your hand up so I can see it. I just want to pray with you later, if you'll let me. Jesus. Amen. Lord, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters who are journeying with Christ this day. And God, I thank you that as we worship you, we find you. Lord, I pray right now, and I ask you in Jesus' name that you would disperse the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this room. I ask that you would give revelation, understanding, and wisdom from heaven right now. Lord, to even those who have just been, been scared of what you would do in their life. Lord, scared of seeing miracles. Scared of understanding, Lord, that, that even a napkin, God, would bring healing. By the power, presence of you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you teach us to pursue your gifts. Not just one, not just two. Lord, not, the, not even the public ones, but the private ones that lead to public fruit, God. Lord, may we be a people who pray and intercede on behalf of what we don't yet see in Jesus' name. Lord, we understand that this battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of this dark world. And so I pray right now, God, that you would release from heaven all that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for how great you are. We worship you, and may the power of the living God go to and through and from this church into the world this week, God. Lord, as we travel for work, as we, 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 as we Lord, literally build our households, God, as we care for one another, as we do what we do in our schools, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be the hands and feet of Christ. And so, God, even in closing, again, we ask right now in this moment, would you disperse to us that which we need to go into the world this week, God? Lord, may we surrender what's in the way so that we can receive what you have. Oh, we just worship you, God. We worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody just thank him. Just thank him with your words. Come on, thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Come on, one more minute and we'll, we'll go about our days with him. Come on. Just thank him right now. Thank him for what you don't yet see. Thank him for what he spared you from. Jesus, that is who you are, God. Yes, yes, God. Yes. Jesus, we praise you. And so, Father, as we go this week, may we worship you in spirit and truth. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Let's give God a praise, living word. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, if you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we want to challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.